This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. With the transfer window having officially hashtag slammed shut, squads for the upcoming Premier League season have been somewhat set in stone. As talk of a four-peat for City begins to gather pace, we take a look at the state of the competition in the top fly and across Europe, whilst reviewing our pre-season predictions along the way. It's Monday the 11th of September. I'm Amos Murphy. And I'm Adam Howarth. And this is the City Report Podcast. Well then, Adam, welcome back. Brand new week. Welcome back, listeners, to a brand new week. Just five days of international football to suffer through, I guess, remain. Um, although there have been some interesting stories from it from international football, but we, we won't bore the listeners um, with those. Adam, how are you doing? Did you have a nice weekend? Just about over the heatwave, I guess. Um, I'm recording this with a fan, I'd say. 20 centimetres from my buttocks so it tells you sort of where I'm at with this heat but um, I had a lovely weekend I hope you did as well uh, yeah I've been pretty uneventful um, like you say no club football don't know what to do mm. myself for the weekends usually my Saturday consists of watching football focus then Gillette soccer Saturday a couple of evening games then match today to finish it off whereas not, not knowing what to do this week but yeah looking forward to it being back yeah, watching Denmark versus Finland and Greece versus Gibraltar instead. Um, and they're just the they're the glamorous ties from this weekend's football. Um, listeners, as always, if you haven't already, please hit follow, hit subscribe. But as alluded to in the introduction, we're going to, before the football does start up again, and obviously I always find the September international break is a weird one because you've just had the transfer window. Teams have made signings and we've not seen players like 
Matej Nunes, for example, for City, um, and a few others, Amrabat at United. So you, you come back after that international break and it's almost like there's a different feel around certain clubs and we'll get into it, but we're basically going to redo our our pre-season predictions and, and I did hint going back a couple of months ago that we would sort of when the transfer window shut go back to them and, and get them really set in stone going forward but I, I guess we'll start with Manchester City because that is the primary focus of the show of course and um, Adam obviously you, you were here to chat about the win against Fulham um, this time last week what have you made, though, overall in terms of City's start? Four wins from four, but it doesn't really tell the full picture, I don't think. And that that is sort of very ambiguous. Um, but there have been a few iffy moments, let's say, even though City have 12 points from 12. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's I think City haven't got anywhere near their best level yet. We've not even... Mm. We've barely made it out of first gear, I don't think, but we've not needed to because I think we've had quite a favourable start to the season in terms of the fixtures because um, we drew to Sevilla even. I know Sevilla are a decent side, but usually <laughs> yeah. when we're at our best, we should be beating and we beat him both times last season. You know, we beat him 4-0, four, four was it, and Haaland scored a couple. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think last couple of league games, Sheffield United was a bit, a bit hairy, for lack of a better word. Um, and Fulham... As I said on the podcast last week, it was it kind of hinged in a way on that controversial Ake goal because mm. um, obviously Fulham imploded after that and made life a lot easier for us. So I think I'm not going to get too carried away with myself yet because, like you say, it's only four games in. It's great that we've won all four because I, I, is it the first time we've won all four since Pep's first year, I believe. Yeah, 2016. Um, I mean, that season worked out fantastically well for us, didn't it? So <laughs> I, guess, I guess we're in for a successful time this year. Yeah, like you said, there's no, you can't read too much into it just yet. Mm. Anything can happen, you know. Football, we we love football because it's, because of its unpredictability. You know, you could get any. We got so many amazing players, and all it takes is a couple of injuries, and then things happen. And you know, other teams might put together big runs of form that you don't foresee, um, which I'm sure we'll get onto later. But yeah, I'm not going to get too carried away yet. But I would like to think that we still we still look considerably stronger than other teams on our supposed challenges and um yeah there's a reason why we're favorites to do do it four in a row yeah i was looking at some odds over the weekend and um apologies for anyone who is a child and uses fractions but i am a decimal man and and i think city were 1.2 odds on favorite arsenal the the closest challenges were were eight to one basically um and i think that shows you sort of just how just where the confidence lies in city's um sort of hopes of getting the title and and we'll move on to the premier league chances because i've been discussing it with a few people i was, I was at a wedding over the weekend and obviously the, the chat you know our city gonna win the league again pops up and my sort of my, my stock answer has been yes but by default at the moment and, and we'll review the, the challenges in the second part of today's show we're just focusing on, focusing on City for now but it feels like one of those seasons where City probably go and get it done without any major harm or at least that's what it's been like in the first four games um, let's get carried away because <laughs> what else would we be doing if not but I, it does feel as though Adam doesn't it that we're in a position now where City have a chance in the next sort of four, five, six, seven weeks, especially before that mammoth run of fixtures against, I think it's Arsenal away, United, I think there's a Chelsea in there, maybe a Liverpool as well, um, a Brighton as well, which is, I don't think anyone would have imagined saying that 12, 18 months ago would be a difficult game. But especially before then, there's a there's a favourable run, both in the Champions League and in the Premier League. Um, 
a chance for City to sort of extend the lead, I guess, even this early on in the, in the season. Uh, we we all have a favourable run of fixtures, you know, rack up the points. That's what City do, really. We don't. I feel like the City of old in the pre-Pep times, mm-hmm. when you have such a favourable run to the season, your first six, seven games, you you won't have come away with twenty-one points. Whereas mm-hmm. I think with like, you'd get the odd like fluke draw, and the amount of times, but I'd be watching under Pellegrini, and you just see the, that away end erupt when the like Middlesbrough score last. Well, I was in you know, a Pep season yeah. actually, right? the Middlesbrough one, but you know what I mean. I think. I think the thing that makes City so special, the reason why we've done three in a row is because we've got the mentality, Pep's got it nailed to a T in those plays, he's got it drilled in them, that you know there's no slacking, the standards are set, and winning a treble is even up the standards, so I think the players will be hungry to stay at that level. Um, and I think if we didn't, if De Bruyne didn't get injured, I think we'd be a lot more confident. That sounds like easy to say, but I think in terms of transfers and personnel... Um, going from winning a treble I think we've would I say we've improved the squad I'm not sure yet because you know the players mm. are only really just just come in but I think looking at the players we've sold and brought in there's not that big a difference and I think if De Bruyne was still fit I think we'd be a lot more confident that we'd go and smash the league do a, you know how Kyle Walker said you know we, we want to go and choose how we win the league this time we want to <laughs> do it as we did in 2018 when we ran away with it so I think if De Bruyne was fit we could have the we'd have that in us to do that, but I think mm. that the only reason why I'd hold back is because we're without Kev and he's such an important part of the team. But you know the players have adapted before when the key players have been out the 2019 season. He would, it wasn't available for most of it, and we still came away with a brilliant 98 points. So you mm. can never write off this team. The like I said, the mentality is there. The way they can adapt, the way Pep can adapt his tactics, as we saw last year. We were eighth at Christmas in 2021, and we still <laughs> won the league. So. You know, I, I don't think with football it's so hard to say, and especially so early. But you know, it's City right now under Pep. Whilst we've got Pep, I think you just got to embrace the confidence that it brings you. And like we were even confident when we were a good few points behind Arsenal last year. A lot of fans were at least. So yeah, like, we'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, speak for yourself. I think I was on here in March time saying that the league's gone and, and we're not going to win anything um, in the entire season. It, it did feel like that for, for a bit and obviously um, it all changed around around springtime. But um, it's interesting you, you, you sat there doing that wonderful monologue and I, and I was thinking like how blessed and how lucky we are in a sense that we have been able to experience almost every, if not every, way to win a league title. Um, obviously 100 points, no team's ever done that in the Premier League era multiple last day victories obviously even going down to the last few minutes with the Gundogan one versus Aston Villa under Guardiola this is obviously going back even beyond that with Pellegrini and Mancini there were, there were other ways as well and and you know like um, spirited chases to the end but winning it with a few games to go like it was last year um, trying to think of the other one obviously 2018-19 was the final day again away from home so there's this been literally pretty much every single variation I'm, I'm struggling to think of what else could happen maybe unbeaten um that that's one that i'm sure they'd, they'd love to do but i just don't I, I just don't think it's possible um the way arsenal did it re- required an awful lot of luck and that isn't to diminish the the uh, the achievement it, it's it's pretty much fact um but anyway going back to it do you think that perhaps this start could be a little bit of a red herring for City and I understand that's a difficult question but what I mean by it is that we've come off the back of a treble and and the gap in between winning the Champions League and winning 
uh, sorry, starting the, the new season again. It wasn't that long, obviously, the, the season was pushed back uh, last year because of the World Cup. So we were going into mid-June before the season was ended. So, you know, players mentally, physically, they're in, they're in good shape. I, I just wonder if later on in the season, it starts to catch up with City a little bit. And maybe not even in the sense of injuries, but just that mental fatigue. And I don't know if that is something that has occurred to you or if I'm just creating a scenario inside my head, which uh, I often like to do. But I, I do feel like maybe if we're going to have an issue, it will come later on in late, later on down the line. Maybe, you know, that um, spell of fixtures we spoke about a moment ago. But it, it's just one to watch anyway, I think, because obviously... The, the the vibes are still high in the city camp after winning the treble. It's, it, it was always going to be the case, even with a couple of departures. So it's just maybe I don't know one to watch. I think the point is definitely valid. Like, it's not all going to be rosy for City this season. We're going to have mm. ups and downs like every year. Um, what what sprung to my mind then when you were saying that um, last season we started quite well. You know, Howland was getting his hat tricks. Um, and then we drew at Villa, we drew at Newcastle. I know Newcastle was quite early, but I remember thinking like we we'd, we were sure that we were capable of scoring a lot of goals. And I was thinking at the time, this is like some of the best I've seen us play under Pep. But then it just it seemed to turn just from the Liverpool away at Anfield mm. when Cancelo slipped, and you know things started to started to go against us a bit. And then the World Cup break came at a weird time, and it was all a bit. I don't know. I just I don't think you can ever be. I think. As much as City have gone on so many fantastic winning streaks and, you know, they put up such consistent form, I don't think the form's ever quite like, especially this early in the season, I don't think it's quite set in stone because, mm. like I said, we've not played amazingly this season. Every team is going to be in the same boat where they're building the sharpness, building the momentum and, you know, they're they're all going to improve in time. Just just like hopefully City will as well because we're not... We're nowhere near our best at this moment in time, and mm. you saw the level we got to last year. So it will come, and we'll. It's just, I think, it's for us. It's just having faith in Pep and in the squad that they're going to get back to that level because I think they've certainly got the hunger for it. We've seen that before. Um, so if they can get back to that level, then I don't see why why we can't win the league by however many points this time. Maybe break our mm. own record for that. But yeah, it's it's a difficult one, um, and. Yeah, like you alluded to, the runs of fixtures come and go. Yeah, you know, we've got a few tough runs in there, and but I think, but then again, I don't know if that's really a thing to consider with City because I think the strength of our character. We've seen how many times we turn up in the big games, and like I said, True. with the form, like we can just. I think last year we had a couple of tough runs, and those big Arsenal games towards the end of the season because they kept getting rescheduled. We had to face them at a, quite a tough time, and. We got them. That maybe that's just Arsenal because they didn't quite have the experience in the title race yet. But I don't know. You you can't write off City, and whilst we've got four wins from four, you certainly can't write them off. So let's just look, wait and see what happens. But yeah, I'm pretty confident as of now. Yeah, I think any any anyone would be wrong not to be confident. To be honest, obviously four wins from four, whilst not playing at your best, is is phenomenal. And and. I don't think any of that was was luck, so to speak. Obviously, you know, like sometimes you can win four games and, and and it might not be because you've played well, but it also might be because you've you've I don't know, 
conceded four shots that have hit the post not gone in or something like that. That is that hasn't been the case for City. Um or at least I don't think it's been the case. <laughs> we'll probably bring up or no actually in the fourteenth minute against uh whoever we've played so far. Anyway, um I, I don't know if you saw it in the week, uh the, the video City put out on their social channels, Gvardiol and, and Kovacic, they they went out for um some food in, in yeah. uh, it, it was a Polish restaurant where they were trying Croatian food. Um and, and it struck me then that these these two lads speaking together, they're they're hungry to win, and and obviously pre season a lot of the talk was they have just won everything, and I think even Jack Grealish and Phil Foden, one of them was quoted as saying to the other, "How does this get better?" And they went, "Well, we've got to go and win the quadruple," and and it leads nicely on to um, discussions about the wider cup competitions, and and obviously we've had the first, or sorry, the was it the third round draw for the, the Carabao Cup? It's, it's been a, a good few years since City got their hands on that trophy. And, um, it, well, it, it would be the only way to improve on a treble by adding that to the free trophy hall. But Newcastle away isn't an ideal draw for that round. But do you see City being able to take these cup competitions seriously? Obviously, chatter about the size of the squad being an issue. James McAtee, Cole Palmer, both being sold on deadline day. We saw a lovely cameo from Oscar Bob. Is he ready to play 20 matches in the senior team? Who knows? Obviously, Calvin Phillips got back on the football pitch for well a very long time in a City shirt. Um, has he got a role to play? They will need to have a role to play if City wants to add the domestic trophies to their, to their halls this season, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Like you said, the Carabao was the only one we didn't get last year. Um, and I, I've been saying since we... Because how many did we win in a row? We won 18, 19, 20, 24, yeah. Four, yeah, yeah. So since we got knocked out by West Ham, I've, I've wanted that trophy back. You know, it's, it's our favourite. We do love it. Um, it's and, like a toxic relationship, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd love to win the Carabao again. I think... Newcastle away is so tough, one of the toughest fixtures in England, really. Um, mm. But they have not started the season that well, and like like I alluded to earlier, City, especially in in the in that four peat of the Carabao, we'd beat anyone in the Carabao. I know we had some t- favorable draws mm. then, but I think if it comes down to mentality, this early in the season, we'll still have a pretty like good squad in terms of we've had a few players dropping out injured, but um, they're going to be back. It looks like Stones mm. after the internationals, so. I think Newcastle is a fixture we can take definitely, and then, then in the nature of cup competitions, that's another top team. Well, you know, it's a European team, not out as well. So that's one opponent out of the way. Then hopefully we get like a, a Burton or something in the next round, and then go and annoy some more people for our cup draws, and then go all the way because Southampton last year we got a tough draw, didn't we? With Chelsea and Liverpool got past yeah. them, only to lose to Southampton. So hopefully we don't have any performances as shocking as that else we got not much hope of winning a quadruple but yeah it's I think like you said with the Arsenal's invincible as well a lot of it is luck in football football mm. has you know it's the tactics and everything aside you every team needs a bit of luck and you know it's just so you've had a fair portion of it we've had our fair share of misfortune as well so hopefully we get a decent enough share of luck this year and um we can build on the cup draws and because the Champions League one's quite favourable so you know mm-hmm. why can't we go do it again with Manchester City should be our true, own true 
stick that up in the dressing room. <laughs> um, I do regret to inform you, though, Adam, uh, Burton Albion were knocked out by Leicester oh. City in the first round. Oh, yeah, so there'll, there'll, are, be, yeah. there'll, there'll be no <laughs> um, trips to Burton Albion for City this season, at least. But um, you spot on. I, I was watching uh, someone posted it on TikTok, the, the full final five well it turned out to be six minutes we've added time of the champions league final and it's the first time I'd, I'd watched it back as a sort of what would have been live and i was i was in my bedroom i was doing pacing around obviously we know the result i was there i watched it with my own two eyes not that i remembered any of it but i i, I was just sort of like fretting and even then obviously city get a lot of luck um the save edison makes a fantastic save but it is very much at him yeah i think lukaku blocks a header from one of the players yeah 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 and um Obviously, that, that's a lot of luck, and, and you do need luck to have these trophies. It's something City haven't really had in the Champions League, at least. And, and again, beautiful segues today, I, completely by accident. But I do <laughs> want to touch on the Champions League before we go for the first break, because a ball hasn't been kicked in this year's competition, in the group stages anyway. Obviously, the qualifiers have been taking place. But is there anyone that you're looking at from Europe who are the, the main challengers to take City's crown off them. Obviously, the finals at Wembley um, next year, that'd be a nice one. That'd be a lovely day out down in down in London in the summer to, to win the Champions League two years in a row. But so unpredictable. I'm looking at Real Madrid, I'm looking at Bayern Munich, though, as probably the main challengers. I just don't know if anyone else has, has the juices at the moment. Yeah, I agree. To be honest, I can't. I don't see much difference from last year, really, because we we had tough draws in the knockouts. You know, Leipzig, Bayern, mm. Real, about as tough as you can get, really. And we we passed that those tests with flying colours, and it turned out to be a team from a league that is declined from what it was ten, fifteen mm. years ago in the final. Um, who were always. We've- Big with a player who we got rid of about seven years ago up front, causing yeah, havoc. About thirty-five years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really know really who's going to challenge. Like you say, Real, very good team. Bellingham's looking brilliant over there, so mm. that could be one thing. Now they've not got Benzema, I'm not sure. Um, Bayern, they're not really. They're, I don't say Bayern aren't quite at the best. They they've had a bit of a change at the top of the club, and Tuchel's mm. not quite got his full grasp of the squad yet I don't think and mm-hmm. PSG could be up there they've lost their stars but you know Mbappe's still there they, they've changed it a lot with a fresh squad it looks quite promising on paper so a lot can happen in the however many months it is till that final but I think we'll, we'll have a better idea in a few months time about halfway through the season when the when the leagues are halfway through and we've got an idea of who's at the top of each league um, like I said PSG if they click into gear they might be they might Established themselves as quite a favourite, um, but I think European football, the most of the power has gone to the Premier League now. I think that's where the quality is, and obviously the Saudi leagues come and taking a lot of that quality away mm. from Europe this summer. That's something to consider. Um, so, and like like we said earlier with the luck, I think the Champions League is a knockout competition. You definitely need a lot of luck in that. Like you said, City didn't have any of that for a good few years until the, those final five minutes in Istanbul. So, yeah. It's just, yeah, the, the luck's going to be a big factor um, and anything can happen over two legs or a 90 minutes, whatever. So mm. it, it's just, like I said, it is, football's so hard to predict and you just got to wait and see what happens because we can click into gear and when we're in full gear, no one's going to beat us. I think we're the best in Europe. Mm. Once At our best, 
don't think anyone can beat us. I think if we get a Premier League side in the quarters and onwards, then I'll be oh, I won't be too confident. I know I like to play in the English teams in Europe, so you know mm. Chelsea and Spurs. We've had our tough runs, Liverpool even. Um, the thought of playing United in Europe. Don't get me started. Oh. <laughs> no, I I was thinking that the other week um, when I was reminiscing on on the treble um, and and beating United in the cup final was was fantastic. The build up to it was just horrific. God knows what it'd be like if it was a Champions League night because that that just does sort of bring out a different sort of energy. Um, on the Champions League, though, I, I'm already seeing Jude Bellingham at Wembley with that celebration he does where he's got his arms aloft and having scored the winning goal in the Champions League final at Wembley, it just seems like it's already scripted for for Bellingham to win the Champions League with Real Madrid at Wembley. Um, so maybe that's one to watch. They're, they're looking a bit a bit too good at the moment. I think they've sorted out a few problems they had. And, and yeah, Real Madrid have started the season very well. Um, we'll call that for part one. Join us after this break as we do some predictions of what we think the season might look like in terms of top goal scorer, assister and biggest signing, worst signing, etc, etc. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. If you haven't already, as always, please follow, subscribe. Ratings and reviews are greatly appreciated. Um, Three episodes again this week, international break. No football to speak about, at least no Manchester City football to speak about. We'll be back on Wednesday after this with another episode. And then Friday as we turn attention to the West Ham game at the weekend. But here's another segue. West Ham are a team in the Premier League. Um, that, that was really bad. That was the worst one, yeah. Um, but to finish off, out of the final 10 minutes or so, I, I want to do some little quick fire predictions. We did this before the season started. And it'll be interesting to sort of mirror them and see what's changed, what happened. But before we do, challenges in terms of City's uh, sort of Premier League crown under threat. There's no one really is that have, that have caught the eye. I, I said it might be Liverpool who challenged City. They're looking decent enough. Obviously, um, they had a, a win against Newcastle with ten min, with ten men, which seems to have ignited their season. Tottenham unbeaten from four. They've got ten points. Do they challenge? I don't know. We said this time last year, Arsenal wouldn't be able to last the whole season. Maybe Tottenham can. They've got a manager who knows what it's like to win a trophy for starters. So that's something on their um, on their to, to their benefit. And obviously, West Ham, Arsenal are still in there, unbeaten. Brighton had that heavy loss, but looked fantastic against Newcastle down in eleventh. A certain. Stratford United, um, Greater Manchester United, as we should say. 12th, Chelsea, you know, 14th, Newcastle, I didn't even see that far down. It hasn't been a start to the season where you're looking at anyone going, yes, they're going to be the challengers. But that could come in the couple of weeks that follow. Yeah, I agree. Um, like you said, this, as I alluded to earlier, you know, it's so early in the season that we don't really quite know yet. And a lot of teams, mm. they're all the teams you said, they'll they'll all improve. They'll all have their their ups and downs in form. Um, I think some of those once they do improve, just like City, will be very good teams. Um, especially Arsenal, and Liverpool. I think they're the two you got to look at and say they might be able to challenge us, and because they're not quite at our level. But mm. I think if City, if something happens to City, so be it an injury or whatever, if that comes in, I think they. If they're if those two are at their best, they can probably push. And if they catch City on an off year, you know, I think they're the ones that will be eyeing the trophy. Um, mm. Arsenal obviously did a, had a great season last year. Liverpool, like you say, started this one well. They look 
like they've got a new fight in them after they've had a year off, like a bit of an off year. Um, yeah, it's United. They've they're they're all, they're all over the place right now. I think that they'll it's have a shambles. <laughs> they'll have a fair share of luck over the season. They always do. You know, they'll, they'll always have their penalties from Bruno. Um, so that'll oh, that'll probably get them top four, you'd imagine. But I don't know. I'd love to see Spurs back in there because you know they've not got Europe themselves. Mm. I'm liking what Postecoglou's doing there. It'd be it'd be it'd be so good if they won something and Kane after Kane left. It just <laughs> I'd, that's the only way I'd sacrifice the City trophy this season. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I can't see them as serious challengers. That like, the quality of the squad, they play good stuff, but. You know, mm. if they get injured and they have to start playing Eric Dyer or Hoiberg, if, if mm. they if they're still at the club, I don't actually know if they left in the end. But yeah, if they're if I think when it comes to it, if they get a couple of injuries, James Madison's been great. You know, will the backups have that quality? I'm not sure. So it'll be an mm. interesting season. But Arsenal, Liverpool for me, the two that we should keep an eye on. Yes, yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, I, I remember having conversations this time last year going, oh, well, if Saliba gets injured, Rob Holding's going to have to step in. And I guess that was Arsenal's undoing in the end. But um, maybe it's another North London club. I don't want to see Tottenham win anything, though. I, yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite. I'd, I'd quite prefer I'd, I'd prefer Harry Kane to go and win the treble with Bayern <laughs> and Tottenham. No, I, I really do like Postacoglu, and it's causing me conflict in my mind because he's such a likeable fella. Even just press conferences, these little one-liners that he does are fantastic. Always got his head down. But, um, yeah, yeah, he's 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 so Aussie, and I know there's plenty of Aussies who listen to this podcast. And as um, as an Englishman, having come off the the, the back of a, a summer of Ashes cricket, maybe I'm not going to be uh, praising the Aussies too much. But he's 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 the best of Australia. He's absolutely hilarious, and um, I really do wish him success. Hopefully, maybe I don't know Barcelona come and poach him in a year's year or two's time, so we don't have to see it with Tottenham. Um, okay, then let, let's do some uh, predictions then, and and I guess this one has to come with a caveat um top goal scorer probably going to be Haaland what is he like free clear already and we've played four games six from four is still ridiculous I can't I can't wrap my head around it so we'll go top goal scorer taking away Haaland so the second top goal scorer so to speak uh, you said quick fire but <laughs> we'll have to think about this one um well take your time, take your time. I- I'm looking at the how it's gone so far and Evan Ferguson springs to mind you know, that mm-hmm. hat-trick against Newcastle, if he can keep doing that against a Newcastle defence that was one of the best in the league last year. Who knows? Um, Son started really well for Spurs. If they can keep firing, then he's going to be up there. Um, but yeah, I think there'll be others coming out of um, maybe more unexpected areas this year. You know, you might have a surprise package like Brighton were last year. I don't know who that would be, mm-hmm. to be honest. I can't really quite pick one out. But um, it. To keep to keep it short, I'd say Evan Ferguson. I I would I'd like to see that. Um, obviously, Ireland's finest, so it'd be great to see him get his get his rewards. I wonder if though maybe perhaps it it peters out a little bit. Obviously, he's still and I know this is the cliche, but he's still only eighteen. So it'd be interesting to see just how much football he's able to play, even though he looks like a seasoned twenty five year old professional. I, I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for Son, and and I think obviously we saw him. Um, play down the middle which Allison was dropped for Spurs' game against Burnley and he just with with Madison he, he just seems to have been freed a little bit obviously Harry Kane was playing that role where he does so fantastically well dropping deep as, as we saw for the Kyle Walker goal against Ukraine um, on, on international duty but we've seen it we've been on the end of it 
that sort of that that that's that son finish. It seems a trademark where he breaks in behind, he takes that sort of stutter step, and it just ripples against the net. I can see a few of them. Um, will he get up to twenty? I, I don't know. Hoyland maybe is the outside shot, but we've not really seen enough of him yet. Only that cameo against against United. Maybe Darwin Nunes. There, there's a wild card. Yeah, I tipped him for a big season, um, and he, he seems to have delivered so far. Um, next one, then the the, the player. Uh, what's the what's the award called? Is it the Cadbury's Playmaker, Playmaker yeah. Award? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the Cadbury's Playmaker Award. Who's getting the most assists in the Premier League, do you reckon, this season? Well, my default answer would be Kevin De Bruyne, but if he's not <laughs> going to be... He's having half a season off, so... Um, mm. I don't, who even won it last year? Uh, was it Kane? It, you'd like to think Kane, wouldn't you? Because yeah, um, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have a look. It was, um, wait, it was De Bruyne? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Well, God, I hope he's not listening because <laughs> yeah. the reaction he did to that fella on the Premier League yeah. YouTube when he was speaking about his assists um, when, when they obviously took some away from him. Yeah, Kevin De Bruyne is 16, um, which is still an awful lot. I, I, I could see De Bruyne winning it having played half yeah. the season. That's um, just KDB. He just comes back in, yeah, he just comes back in, in flying form. Um, how about James Madison? I was, going I was with just going to say Tottenham. James Madison, yeah. yeah. I think he's been brilliant for Leicester now he's got a bit more quality around him um, and like you say he's got Jungman Son in front of him who's a quite a lethal finisher especially on a on a Saturday evening against Manchester City uh, in North yeah, London they're gonna they're gonna rack him up they? yeah um so yeah Madison's not a bad shout I think Trent will be back up there because Liverpool they'll be back up at the top at the top firing and I think Trent I, I as much as I want to say that I, that he's not absolutely world class I think he is and he's just he's showing mm. that again now and I think mm. with Liverpool having that fight back in them and potentially Darwin Nunes getting getting the goals from him Mo Salah staying despite the Saudis bidding for him I think Trent's <laughs> going to naturally get a lot of assists and mm. maybe Bruno will get a few assists he creates a lot and like you say with Hoyland up there I'm sure he'll have a bit more of a reliable goal source than Anthony Martial um, so <laughs> Yeah, there's a few names in there, but yeah, I'll go James Madison if we had to predict. Mm. Yeah, this Spurs title challenge is looking stronger and stronger as the minutes go by. Um, I, I think Madison's got a, a very good shout. It's if he stays fit, though. On Alexander-Arnold, I, I secretly, well, not even secretly, openly love him. I think he's a, an incredible talent. I would have loved to see him under Guardiola. That's my one sort of hottest of hot takes I think he would have been unbelievable under Guardiola I think he, he well he is at the wrong club in my eyes but I, I just don't see I don't think he's suited to Klopp's methods at all um, I wonder if we could go back a few years and, and swap someone out for him I don't know who you'd say maybe Leroy Sane I can imagine him of being a, a wonderful player under Klopp um, but anyway we're, we're, we're rewriting history we don't need to do that we've got the future to look forward to um, best signing of the summer then um, and, and you can interpret this as, as however you want it can be a 100 million signing it can be a 15,000 pound wonder kid from Brentford's academy who's just going to plop up in the middle of November and start scoring heartfuls um, it's completely up to you um, it's a tough question. I mean, last year it was very simple because Harlan came in for a release clause that was at least a mm. third of his real transfer value at fifty million, and he and he's obliterated goal scoring as mm. we know it in the Premier League. This year is a bit tougher. Um, 
Looking at City, Kovacic, I think, is it's been clear yeah. from match one that he's going to be a class sign, especially when you take into account the, the fee of, what was it, 25, 30 million? Um, mm. That's just ludicrous for a player of his quality. So you'd like to have him in the question. As for other names, I'm not entirely sure. I think I've really liked the look of Sandro Tonali so far at Newcastle when everyone's yeah. been saying that, you know, he, he didn't want to be there and he didn't look happy. I think, I don't know if I'm just clouded by that debut against Villa, but I've, I've been impressed by him so far. Mm. But, Signing the season's bit maybe a bit of a stretch. It's it's a tough one. I don't think there's been that many like game changing signings this summer. When you talk about those teams that we said that he'll be fighting for the title, Liverpool and Arsenal, they sign a few players, yeah, but how many of those players are gonna be impacting impacting mm. their uh, title chances, I'm not really sure. Declan Rice for sure, but hundred and five million. If you're looking at it from a value for money perspective, I don't know if you can give it to someone for that who's cost that much money. I don't know how influential he'll be. He's done well so far, but it remains to be seen whether he can spur Arsenal to another title charge. But mm. keeping it short again, <laughs> I'll go Kovacic. I, I think it's Kovacic and I think he's he's up there with Bellingham already and it, it's quite it's quite substantial, the gap between him and everyone else at the moment. Um, I, I do think Declan Rice has that ability to take Arsenal, maybe not to the next level. I, I think people sort of maybe need to check themselves with the way they speak about him. He's, he's a wonderful footballer, but he's not even played in the Champions League yet. He's, he's not made his Champions League debut and, and people are talking about him on the same level of Rodri. Rodri's in the penthouse and Declan Rice hasn't even come to ground floor yet. Yeah, but um, he, he does have he does have the potential to really push that Arsenal midfield on. He's, he's a massive improvement on Thomas Partey, although they do play together, which I find tactically quite weird. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's Kovacic. I think it's Kovacic. And um, maybe an outside shot for Diaby at Aston Villa if they go on and win the, the Conference League or maybe even finish in, in European positions again. But I, I feel like with Aston Villa, they're just a bit too chaotic to have a, a really strong season. They're um, a bit hit and miss. Um, the fun one then, the, the, the biggest flop of, this, of, the, of the signings, um, I can't even think of what it was then, I think there's a substantially more to pick from here than there was for the best signings. I just realised we overlooked James Madison there because he's about 30 million true, as well. True, yeah. Um, and we just picked him for those assists. But um, as for flops, oh, it's a tough one. There's, like you said, there's a lot to go at. I think if you're picking uh, someone who's been signed for a lot of money to a club with little transfer structure, Chelsea's the place to go <laughs> when you're looking at who to pick there. <laughs> Who had pick out of that though? It's hard to say. I thought it Nkunku needs a category would be a of its own, it doesn't does, it? Yeah, need, yeah the, the the biggest Chelsea flop, and then <laughs> yeah. the rest of the league. I, I'm genuinely losing track of who they signed this summer because the January <laughs> and the summer before are all blend into one. Um, so is Pochettino. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, it's it's a tough one for flop. Ah, oh, um, but can we say Andre Onana, or do we think? I don't know. Yeah, we can. I, we, I, I think, mean, you can say who you want. <laughs> I think he's becoming a bit. He was quite underrated at first. Mm. United assigned him. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be better than David De Gea as a ball player, which isn't amazingly hard. Um, so I think he'll be good for United. But you know, he he, he didn't cover himself in glory for the goals he conceded against Forest, and mm. he he did punch someone in the head against Wolves. Um, <laughs> and then he got he got a Ballon d'Or nomination. Edison wasn't even on it, was he? And uh, uh, he got nominated think, for the Yashin, but not yeah. for the Ballon d'Or or something. Yeah. So I, I don't understand how Onana's got in the Ballon d'Or thing ahead of Edison because 
I'd looked at his stats for Inter last year, nowhere near Edison. Um, mm. That's a strange one, and I, I, I don't, I don't want to make myself get um, unnecessary hate there, saying oh Nana, get don't people coming for me. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not. At, I'll, I'll just put it this way: I'm not at all utterly convinced yet by him. Mm. Like, I'm not 100 percent there with him yet. But ask me in a few months, maybe I'll take that back. But yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, I, I think he's a goalkeeper. Um, and having watched him at Ajax, having watched him, having watched him at Inter, he's a goalkeeper who loves to make mistakes in the sense that he just looks like he thrives off it. That that sort of living on the edge, um, not knowing what's going to come next. But um, I've, I think at the start of the season, I said Mason Mount and well, to be flop of the season, he's probably got to play and obviously he's out injured at the moment, which is is making that a little bit difficult. Kai Havertz, I think he's looking particularly crap um, already. I don't know how those names career. evaded me, but yeah, they're big, obvious ones. Yeah, the, the Havertz one is, is just bizarre. I, I think he's, a, he's such a wonderful footballer and, and his by Leverkusen highlight reel was so incredible, but Obviously, it didn't work at Chelsea. Not a lot of players do work at Chelsea. But you compare the start that Kovacic has had moving to City, leaving Chelsea, compare it to Havertz at Arsenal. It's just, I, I don't understand what's been, what, what, what's trying to be done there with him. He's, he's clearly not an A, or at least he isn't yet. Maybe down the line, he's going to turn into this Kevin De Bruyne prototype and he's going to start getting 15, 20 assists a season. Unlikely, of course, but... I just don't. I don't get. I don't get the calculations Arteta's working with that one. But um, anyway, we'll, we'll we'll stick those in the time vault, and, and we'll probably come back to them. Most likely not, because we'd have been so horrifically wrong when when Havertz leads Arsenal to to a first Premier League title in twenty years. But Adam, really appreciate it. Had lots of fun. And listeners, if you haven't already, subscribe, follow, etc., etc. But until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans.